All right, everybody, welcome back to Human Geo in 20 Minutes. I am your host, Mr. Linder. This is podcast episode number four. Today we'll be focusing on uh, unit three, part two, which is focusing on culture, but more specifically focusing on religion and ethnicity um, and ethnic conflict. Uh, a lot of your chess, especially with multiple choice, is just uh, dealing with a lot of the beliefs, founders, diffusion, um, and that sort of thing uh, within the world's major religions, specifically the five major religions of the world. Um, so let's go ahead and get started with that. Uh, we're going to get started with the oldest religion, which is Hinduism. Um, first of all, the geography of Hinduism, it was founded in uh, northern India and pretty much stayed there. It spread throughout the rest of the Indian subcontinent. Something like 99% of the world's Hindus reside in India today. Um, no one real founder of Hinduism. Uh, it's very much a localized religion. Um, it's an ethnic religion, so it's associated closely uh, with the people of India. Um, there's not one major founder. Uh, it's, a, it's a local religion. It's a family religion. Um, again, the diffusion of it has stayed within the subcontinent of India. Um, let's see, ethnic religion, some other major beliefs, there's reincarnation, uh, there is the caste system, and the idea that people that are higher up in the caste system have done things right in their past lives, um, so if you are an untouchable, if you're at the very bottom, you've not fulfilled your dharma, you haven't, um, led a good past life, and so you're punished for that, whereas people that are higher up, priests or knights, um, or even holy animals like cows, uh, you guys have done something well in your past life, and so you are rewarded for that. Um, the holy text uh, would be the Vedas, which are epic poems. Um, thousands of gods, so it is a uh, polytheistic religion, um, although if you talk to people who are Hindu, Hindu um, they may tell you that there is uh, only one god, and there are multiple iterations, thousands of iterations of that one God. But for our understanding of Hinduism, we need to understand it as polytheistic. Um, all right, uh, moving on to our next oldest religion, which is Judaism. Um, Judaism is unique in that at the time period, it was the first monotheistic religion. Most of the religions around that time were polytheistic. Uh, Judaism first began when a man named Abram made a covenant with God and he became Abraham and his descendants were going to be his chosen people. And from uh, Abraham, we don't just have Judaism, but we also have Christianity and Islam, which are our other Abrahamic faiths. Um, again, a couple of beliefs. There's one God, Yahweh, um, a couple major holidays. We've got Yom Kippur, um, Passover, Hanukkah, Rosh Hashanah. Um, the geography of Judaism is stayed in that Fertile Crescent area for the most part. Abraham was from the city of Ur. Um, but from that area, it uh, did diffuse uh, during the Roman diaspora. Jews were spread out through much of the Middle East and the Roman Empire and into Europe, where they settled into modern times. Um, you have a large percentage of Jews that made their way to the United States. And then obviously after the horrors of World War II and the Holocaust, you had a large percentage of Jewish people who left Europe and moved back to the Middle East, specifically to an area called Palestine, which eventually uh, would become the state of Israel in 1947. 
Um, yes, the founder is Abraham. Um, uh, the temple is where Jews go to meet. It is an ethnic religion. Uh, ethnic religion. Um, the holy book is called the Torah, which makes up the Old Testament of the Christian Bible. Um, other than that, I think we're good there with Judaism. Uh, our next oldest religion is Buddhism, founded by a man named Siddhartha Gautama. Um, Siddhartha Gautama was a prince. He lived in a bubble. His father did not want him to experience any pain because the uh, prophecy went that if he if he ever left the temple or sorry if he ever left the palace, ever left his home, then the kingdom would perish. So Siddhartha had a nice life. He had a wife. He had a kid. Um, but eventually he does get outside the palace and he sees an old man, a sick man, and then finally a dead man. And this completely changes his worldview. Um, he leaves uh, his father in the comfort of his home um, and his family and becomes anesthetic. He gives up everything. He gives up home. He gives up uh, clothing. He gives up food for the most part. Um, and he's basically on the verge of death. And he realizes, like, this is not good either. This is not the right way to live. And that's where he gains enlightenment. He becomes the Buddha. He comes up with the, this idea of the middle way, um, that you can't pull the string too tight. You can't let it be too loose. But when it's at its perfect, um, whatever, it's that's, that's when things are good to go, um, if, whatever that means. Um, so uh, with that, he came up with the Four Noble Truths. Um, one of the Four Noble Truths is the Eightfold Path, which is why um, the symbol for Buddhism is the eight-spoked wheel. Um, under Buddhism, uh, there's it's not mono or polytheistic. There are no gods. So technically, you can follow multiple religions at the same time as being Buddhist. Um, the geography of Buddhism, the diffusion of Buddhism. Um, first of all, Buddhism uh, was founded in northern India, similar to Hinduism, but it did not stay there. In fact, most Buddhists are no longer uh, in India. Um, Buddhism left and went east. It went to China. It went to the Koreas. It went to Japan. Um, it also went southeast. Uh, Burma, Cambodia, Vietnam, um, Sri, excuse me, Sri Lanka, all those places uh, became majority Buddhist. Um, we talked about the Buddhist uh, pagoda as a place to go and worship. Um, certain branches of Buddhism we talked a little bit about, um, but not a whole lot in depth. Um, we did talk about the Dalai Lama being uh, kicked out of Tibet by the Chinese government. It is a universalizing religion, so anybody. Uh, can be a part of it. All right. Um, our next religion is Christianity. Again, our second of the three Abrahamic faiths. Um, basically believes that there is one God um, and he is a son, Jesus Christ, who came to die for the sins of humanity. Um, we will talk about the branches here in a second because the branches do play kind of a big role in how we interpret who Jesus died for. Um and after Jesus died, uh, he ascended to heaven and um, left with us on earth the Holy Spirit. So that is the Trinity, God, his son, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. Uh, the geography and diffusion of Christianity founded again around the Fertile Crescent um, kind of area, but more specifically around the city of Jerusalem during the time of the Roman uh, Empire. Um, from there, after Jesus' death, uh, 
Jesus' followers used the road uh, and highway system in the Roman Empire to spread Christianity throughout the Roman Empire until eventually the empire became a Christian empire. Um, from there, it spread to sub-Saharan Africa, it spread throughout the Middle East, it spread to Europe, and it definitely spread to North and South America. In fact, South America is where we find the majority, not even just South America, Latin in South America, Mexico all the way on down is where we find the majority of the world's Catholic population today. Um, so even though Jesus would be considered the founder of Christianity, uh, Paul is the one who is responsible for spreading um, early uh, Christian beliefs and really establishing uh, churches in a lot of different cities um, around uh, around the Roman Empire. It is a monotheistic religion. The Holy Text is the Bible. Um, it is a universalizing religion. So they are trying to seek converts. Architecture of the religion. Um, obviously, there are churches. Um, there are uh, cathedrals and that sort of thing. That is the holy place of Christianity. Um, so the branches of three branches of Christianity, we have uh, Catholic, and there is the great schism, uh, where we get the Orthodox Church, which is more the Eastern um, countries like uh, Greece and uh, Russia. And then we also get the Protestant Reformation under Martin Luther, um, which really changed the course of Christianity. Um, it made it so that uh, to get into heaven, um, you don't. There, there's no purgatory. There's no um, good deeds to get into heaven. It is purely by faith. Um, but the uh, you know, as, as great as the um, Protestant Reformation was for weakening the power structure of the Catholic Church, uh, it also created some more problems by creating all these denominations. So remember, we've got religion and then branch, and then denomination, and then sect. And so the Protestant branch created all these different denominations, uh, such as Presbyterian, and Calvinist, and Baptist, and Methodist, and Pentecostal. Um, and so all these people started interpreting Christianity on their own. And that's not necessarily a bad thing, but what then did happen is that certain splinter groups, uh, you can uh, honestly in some cases call them fundamentalist groups, um, started to interpret it, uh, certain passages of the Bible uh, quite literally um, or interpret just parts of the Bible that they believed were important. Um, so that's when you get kind of the fracturing of Christianity and you get um, people that are kind of distorting the views and the teachings of Jesus Christ and are not necessarily fulfilling what, um, what he believed in. All right. Um, and finally, our newest religion uh, is Islam. Um, so the founder of Islam would be the prophet Muhammad. Uh, Muslims believe that he is God's final prophet. So people like Abraham and Moses and Jesus were other prophets, but Muhammad is God's final prophet. Um, we've got the five pillars of Islam. Uh, one, the Hajj, uh, where you go, you make the pilgrimage to Mecca. Um, we've got the holy month of Ramadan, where there is fasting during the day and feasting at night. Um, you've got prayer five times a day, almsgiving, giving to the poor, uh, the geography of Islam. So it was founded on the Arabian Peninsula, specifically looking at the holy cities of Mecca and Medina. Um, from there, it spread throughout the Middle East. Jerusalem is also a holy city of Islam. It is where the prophet Muhammad, uh, ascended into heaven. Um, but Muslims spread to, uh, North Africa, um, throughout much of the Sahara region of North Africa. It also spread to some parts in Europe especially under the control of the Ottoman Empire. Um, but more importantly, uh, we need to know from a population standpoint, it also spread to South and Southeast Asia. Some of the largest Sunni Muslim countries in the world 
are in Pakistan, India, Bangladesh, and specifically Indonesia, the largest Muslim country in the world. Um, we did talk about two branches of his uh, branches of Islam: Sunni Islam, um, which the vast majority of people who are Muslim in the world are Sunni, versus Shia Islam. And two major countries in the world that are Shiite Muslims: um, that is Iran, which is the largest Shiite country, and then Iraq, which has a majority of its population as Shiite Muslims. Um, all right, so that does it for our five major world religions. Oh, sorry, for Islam, um, with, uh, it is a universalizing religion. It is a uh, monotheistic religion. The holy text is the Quran. Uh, and also architecture. Um, we talked about the mosque. Uh, one of the uh, features of the mosque that we haven't talked a little bit about but might show up on your test is something called the minaret, which are the prayer towers. Um, so you'll have like the main part of the mosque in the middle and then usually like four or six of these giant like spires that go up into the air that are really really cool architectural feature of mosques those are called minarets um all right so some other religions that we briefly talked about we talked about taoism or taoism either with a t or a d um that is an ethnic religion of china um we talked about confucianism um and that is another ethnic religion of china uh, we watched a john green video about that one um shintoism is the ethnic religion of japan and it focuses on animism and beliefs in uh, like the spirit of the mountains or the water or the lake or the tree or whatever. And there are shrines where um, you go and you worship these uh, deities that repre are represented in nature. Um, some other things you're talking about hearths. Um, hearths, remember, that is the start of where what, whatever religion um, spread from. Uh, and so we talked about that with all five of those major religions there. Um, types of diffusion, uh, specifically with religion, we are talking about relocation, hierarchical and contagious diffusion. So with relocation diffusion, um, think about it like uh, when the Mormons uh, left New York, they were persecuted in New York, so they moved to uh, Illinois, they were persecuted in Illinois, so they moved to Utah. Um, that would be an example of relocation diffusion with their initial move from, um, uh, from Illinois to Utah. Hierarchical confusion would be uh, sorry, I, I might have said confusion. Hierarchical diffusion um, would be an example of where you get the elites or the top people in a society to convert first and then uh, the lower classes convert. So an example of that would be like the Emperor Constantine. Constantine was not born a Christian or not, um, not born Catholic, uh, but eventually he was baptized. And from there, um, many of his followers and the uh, people in his empire uh, were um, baptized and converted as well. That would be an example of hierarchical diffusion. Um, with contagious diffusion, um, a couple examples of that. Uh, Paul with the Roman Empire, as he uh, you know, traveled, um, he spread the word of Christianity. Um, that would be contagious diffusion. The Mormons, once the Mormons reached Utah and people in Colorado and places like that became Mormon, then that would be an example of contagious diffusion. Um, you can also look at uh, examples of hierarchical and contagious diffusion with Latin America. Um, you can definitely argue it's hierarchical because Spanish conquistadors brought it over. Um, but as more colonists began settling and began spreading their religion, that would be probably more an example of contagious diffusion of Catholicism. Uh, moving on to talk about ethnicity. Um, we talked a little bit already, already about ethnocentrism, the idea that your ethnic group um, is superior to others. We also talked the differences between um, 
nationality, ethnicity, and race, race being almost exclusively based on biological factors, ethnicity being based on a mixture of biological factors on where people were born, on shared culture and heritage, and nationality being more specifically on where you were born and what country uh, you reside in, which is why when we use the term American, um, it is almost always referring to a nationality. It is never referring to a race. And depending on maybe how long your family's been here or not knowing your family's history, or if your family's history is American Indian, then we could look at American as being an ethnicity. Um, assimilation and acculturation, um, you know, in some cases, uh, at different ethnic groups have not wanted to assimilate or acculturate because they've wanted to maintain uh, their ability to rule themselves and to speak for themselves and think for themselves. Um, that's where you get uh, these kind of small nation states in Europe that are very, very tiny countries, uh, but they have their ability to rule themselves. That's where you also get ethnic neighborhoods in the United States. Um, that's where we eventually get the term ghetto from. It went all the way back to uh, Jews during the, um, the Middle Ages and then eventually Jews during the Holocaust. And now specifically referring more to African-American neighborhoods of inner cities along with that. Um, we also get the concept of de jure versus de facto segregation, de facto being like people just kind of settle with people that are like them versus de jure, which is segregation by law, like Plessy versus Ferguson in the United States, separate but equal. Um, there's also a couple of ethnic conflicts that I put on the um, study guide that I think are important for us to know just in general. Um, some of these are going to show up in your test. Some of them, I think they're just important for us to know. Um, so I'll try to go through these real briefly. We've got the conflict in Rwanda. You have the Hutus who made up 90% of the country versus the Tutsis who made up 10% of the country. The Tutsis did run the country under Belgian control at one point. They kind of persecuted the Hutus. So eventually the Hutus uh, kind of took out that anger and animosity on the Tutsi. Um, the genocide lasted 100 days and between 800,000 and a million Tutsis were killed. There was no intervention by Western countries. They acknowledged that acts of genocide were occurring, but did not believe that an actual genocide was occurring. Um, and again, allowed 1 million people to be killed over a 100-day period. Um, in Northern Ireland, we talked about how the majority of the country of Ireland is Catholic, but the majority of the country of Northern Ireland is Protestant. And so the Protestant North is still controlled by the United Kingdom. Um, that goes all the way back to hundreds and hundreds of years of control by of, of the British over the over the Irish. And so there is resentment there by the Catholic minority in Northern Ireland. Um, so the IRA has used terrorist techniques to try to um, separate and try to gain control over the entire island of Ireland. Um, Northern Ireland is still, still controlled by the UK. Um, and there has been a ceasefire that has been declared, but there is still tensions between Catholics and Protestants um, in that Northern Ireland region. Um, in Sudan, we lost. We watched a video called "The Lost Boys" um, that dealt with uh, the Arab, Arab Muslim northern part of Sudan persecuting the sub-Saharan Christian animist southern part of Sudan. Um, that's where the Lost Boys fled from. But also, as a part of northern Sudan, there's an area called Darfur, which is also animist and Christian and more sub-Saharan rather than Arab and Muslim. And there's been ethnic cleansing that has occurred in Darfur, again, by the Arab Muslim North against the uh, sub-Saharan Christian animist uh, Darfur region. Um, in Sri Lanka, you've got uh, the North being dominated by a group called the Tamils, uh, who are Hindu and speak uh, a, a Dravidian language. And you've got the Sinhalese, who are Buddhists from the South, um, who do not speak that dialect. There's been civil war there, again, with much civil war and many wars that occur in general. Uh, the 
major populations that have died have been civilians, not, um, you know, not soldiers. With India and Pakistan, we see different differences between India, mainly Hindu, and Pakistan, mainly Muslim. The partition of 1947, they had just gotten their independence. Um, but what happened was um, you had groups of Hindus who were leaving the Pakistan-controlled or what would become Pakistan, moving to India. You had people who were leaving India who were Muslim and going to Pakistan. And along these uh, migrant routes, there was violence that broke out from both sides. There were horrible atrocities that were committed by both sides, and millions of people lost their lives in the partition of India and Pakistan. And we can still see that conflict played out over time as there are, I believe, seven war, actual wars that were fought between India and Pakistan. Today, there's the Kashmir region, which is controlled by India. persecute the, uh, the Muslim minority that is there. But then Pakistan supports terrorist groups that have gone on and wreaked havoc in Kashmir and in India. Both countries have nuclear weapons, so um, it very much is an area that is still in conflict. Um, you've also got uh, Bosnia, Kosovo, and Yugoslavia. Um, there was a, so in the Balkan Peninsula, we get, this is where we get the term Balkanization, the break apart, you know, centrifugal forces that are breaking apart a country. Um, it is a multi-ethnic, multi-religious, multi-linguistic country. But eventually Yugoslavia broke up. And in the breakup of Yugoslavia, you had uh, Serbs and Croatians who were persecuting uh, Muslim groups, Serbian uh, Muslim groups, or sorry, Bosnian Muslim, Muslim groups, and ethnic cleansing occurred. Um, after that, you had the creation of these different countries, Croatia, Serbia, Slovenia, Macedonia, uh, amongst others. And within Serbia, there was a region called Kosovo. And Kosovo was con largely controlled by these groups of Albanians who were Muslims. And so again, after the breakup of Yugoslavia, you had another case of ethnic cleansing, where this time the Serbs specifically uh, were cleansing the Kosovar Albanians out of their country. Um, and this is the case where actually President Clinton used NATO for the first time ever. The military force of NATO was used to protect the um, Kosovar Albanians from that ethnic purge. Uh, some others we should probably know about more recently. Um, We've got conflicts between Iraq, Syria, and Turkey going along with ISIS and the large Kurdish population. We're going to talk more about the Kurds in our next unit. Um, also, we should probably know the general concept of the idea of the Arab-Israeli, uh, or the more specifically the Palestinian-Israeli conflict. Um, Palestine was an independent country. It had kind of gotten taken over during World War I in the mandate period. They were supposed to get their independence, and they didn't. And then after World War II, their land got taken away. It got get it was uh, separated between them and between uh, the uh, Jewish Israelis after World War II. Uh, the, obviously, the Palestinians didn't like that. So the you know Israelis and Palestinians fought a war. Israel ultimately won that war, and they won succeeding wars after that. And since that time, um, you know a lot of Palestinians are technically without a, a home country, um, and Israel very much controls that uh, that area of the world. Um, that is a very uh, dense conflict that was summed up in a very, very short amount of time. Um, all right. So we are somewhere around 23, 24, 25 minute mark. Um, I got through most of everything I wanted to. Again, one thing I don't think it's on your study guide that we should know about is the difference between centripetal and centrifugal forces. Centripetal forces are forces that bring my country together. Centrifugal forces are forces that tear my country apart. Ethnic differences, religious differences, things like that. Um, Lastly, one thing we should definitely know for our FRQ 
is the different Christian groups in certain areas of the U.S., specifically like Catholics and Baptists and Mormons and Lutherans, it would be a good idea for us to understand uh, where those groups are and why they got there and why they flourish where they are. Uh, I hope you enjoyed episode four. I hope you study up. Um, best of luck on your chest. I'm sure you guys will do fine, and we will move into second semester. And we'll be more than halfway done with school, which is awesome. Thanks for listening again. Best of luck on the chest. And that's all we got.